0: What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview truly incredible fathers gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages nine to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 18th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood. And I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, protect and have fun in the messiness of it all. I'm super stoked to introduce today's guest Mark Stacy. We dig into how to talk to your kids, how to create memorable moments, and knowing the basic needs and how if you meet those basic needs, you will have far less blow-ups. Enjoy meeting my friend Mark. All right, welcome to another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. I am excited to be talking fatherhood with my friend Mark Stacey. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be talking fatherhood with you. You know, I love it because the days full of work and life and whatnot, but to pause and talk about something that is so important—maybe one of the most important things you and I will ever do in our life—it just brings just a deep sense of joy to me.
1: No, I uh, I can't agree more. It seems like. There's so many things we could be occupying our time with, and what is one of the most valuable things we can do? It's really to create and to be a father is the best way to do that
0: mhm, yeah, and you know you and I connected through our our e o sacramento group, and then you and I were um at an event recently, and I just remember standing out on a porch talking fatherhood with you, and it was in that moment that. You know, it just struck me how important it was to you, how serious you took it, but serious in the sense of like make the most of it and it's fun. Yeah. Not like, oh my gosh, this is so serious every single moment. <laughs> um, and so I've been looking forward to talking fatherhood and, and being inspired myself and, and everybody listening, be inspired by the way that you you approach fatherhood.
1: Well, it uh, it did inspire me to listen to a bunch of your podcasts, and I've been learning a ton from uh, your your podcast and just the people you've brought on. They've, they've got a lot of really good insight. So you do a great job of pulling out the little nuggets.
0: That's the hope. You know, I definitely don't have this fatherhood thing figured out. And I learn in every conversation I have. So it's cool that I get to learn. And then people who listen in get to learn uh, from my questions that I hope they would ask. Um, so to get people to get to know you a little bit, I'm just going to rapid fire a few things to you. Uh, how old are you today?
1: Uh, just turned 43.
0: 43, okay. And you live in Northern California?
1: Yeah, little town called Stinkin' Lincoln. Uh, uh, we it's add, not
0: Stinkin' Lincoln anymore.
1: We add the Stinking <laughs> there because, uh, you know, I, I think that used to be, they were close to the dump at one point. So anyways, it's a good <laughs> yeah, town.
0: The, the, yeah, <laughs> I lived in Lincoln for a while. It is a great town. Um, how many years have you been married?
1: So, um, let's see, I got married in 2001, so I always have to kind of do the math, 20 years 20. Uh, now, so yeah.
0: 20 years, congratulations, that's, a, that's incredible. That's a big feat right there. Um, not not everybody can say that, and I think that's one of the best gifts you can give the world, so so nicely done. And how many kiddos do you and your spouse have?
1: We have five, so we have a boy and then four girls, and I think mm-hmm. uh, you uh, know some Similarly sized families.
0: Yes, uh, that is my situation. The one, the one boy, thank God, and then the four girls, which are incredible. I wouldn't change it, but I would probably have more. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> okay. And then, what do you do for the family to provide for the family? What's that? What's that look like?
1: Yeah, um, I own a solar company, so we do solar and battery installations for residential and commercial um, customers. And, um, and that does a, a phenomenal job to give us the money we need, uh, so that I can provide, I, I would say on the, on the flip side of, of what, uh, a dad and father should be doing.
0: Yeah. Love it. Okay. First question, what is something that you've learned about yourself? So when I think about, you know, first being married, being young, you definitely run into conflict, right? Like, I mean, you grow up and you have siblings. And so there's conflict. You get over it. You have parents, there's conflict. And then you get married and there's this other human that seems like God made very opposite you. And so you're confronted with things about yourself and you either grow or you don't, but then you got kids and then your kids are half of you. So I think in our kids, we might see things we like about ourselves things that we don't like about ourselves. But as you think about the different stages of fatherhood you've been in, what have you learned about yourself in maybe conflict or not?
1: No, for sure. Um, and I, and I think that, uh, you know, obviously being married 20 years, my wife was raised differently than I was. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and so some things I, I really learned about myself through fatherhood, um, is that there's more than one way to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I, you know, being raised one way, it's like, well, this is just the way I've always done it. And then now I'm married and my wife has ways that she did things and what things that her parents did that were Mm -hmm. different than maybe her aunt and uncle different than her and me different than my parents or my aunt and uncle. So we all kind of enter into this relationship, uh, with our spouses to, to kind of figure out, all right, let's start to parent. But real quickly, I learned, um, that I didn't know a ton about parenting and, Mm -hmm. uh, and that there's a lot of different ways to do it. So I started reading books early on with my spouse and we started to, you know, I, one of my favorite was the power of positive parenting. (laughs) And, um, and, uh, and and it was a fantastic book, and it taught me a lot uh, about parenting. Right off the bat, when Zach, Zach's my oldest, uh, he'll be 18 next month on New Year's Eve.
0: <laughs> so cool.
1: Four hours to spare. He was our little tax deduction because we were both in college, so that was nice. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, th- there was a book she read and shared with me um, called Baby Wise. And it was just... Mm-hmm you know there's uh child directed uh, parenting and there's parent directed parenting and different things we learned out of there that uh you know no baby's ever cried itself to death um and right. that was that was a hard thing to learn as a new dad was hey kids need to cry sometimes and that's okay um and so was and your that, wife was, learning,
0: was she the advocate for the baby wise um, her sister
1: yeah her sister is like oh this is game changer you need but to I mean, read for it. the two of you, so, yeah.
0: so you know, mom has baby and dad's, you know, you're young and, uh, cause we did baby wise as well. And I remember like two, three, four weeks in, I'm like, just stop it, you know, just stop it. Um, but my wife was awesome and stuck with it, which all kids were, you know, sleeping through the night within yeah. the first couple months. So how were you with that? Were you, were you for it, against it, unsure of it, trusting your wife? where did you land?
1: Yeah, no, I was pretty trusting. I was like, "All right, like, hey, um, I'm on board with it." A challenge for Zach, um, our number one. My wife, she wanted to breastfeed, and she wasn't making a ton of milk. And so, when we went in uh, for the checkup, the doctor was like, "Hey, you need to start uh, feeding your kid a bottle too." So go ahead and keep breastfeeding, but give him a bottle too because he would he would cry a lot. And we we're like trying to figure this thing out. And uh, once we started supplementing a little bit, uh, it started to, you know, really help out a bunch um, with some of that stuff. But yes, uh, there are some things in the book where you don't have to take it all to the full extreme. You kind of have to just learn different ideas, try different techniques. And all five kids reacted a little differently mm-hmm. to the techniques. And so you have to, I think, adjust to the needs of that child um, and maybe that mom and, and the dad. Um, but the principles behind it, I think, give you a good a good tool belt to kind of say, all right, am I going to use the screwdriver here or am I going to use the pliers, you know, and what, what effect is that going to have?
0: have? Yep, to have a lot of options. So what did you learn about you, though? So like when you think about like those are really good resources for a new dad and, and I, yeah. I mean I love like bringing up well oh, this is how the breastfeeding worked and this is the baby yeah. wise and, and I think that's really good especially for new dads to hear because we have this especially a mom I think you know first baby has this picturesque way of how it's supposed to go and that's just not yeah. life life isn't perfect and and as a dude you can be alongside and support that journey but when you think about you know the different stages you know what did you learn about you because I think as men. You know especially men who are go getters drivers we all want to be that hero, that fighter, that growth guy. What did you learn about you that you yeah. have maybe uncovered through being a father
1: um, I learned that I could change and adapt um, mm. to to different scenarios and circumstances um, I also learned that I could tap into um I think instruction from a higher power based on my needs. So I would hmm. I would often find myself like in a situation where I said, all right, how do I handle this, that, or the other? And I would go pray, meditate, and think, all right, well, what are some possible solutions? I'd go read and study, but then how do I apply that to this child, this situation, what we're going to? Um and really, you know, I kind of rely on the Holy Ghost really to help me uh and I would say that's my my most important resource as a father. Okay, was just, so I got a
0: yeah, I got a philosoph- philosophical question for you then. And this is just coming to me, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm also a man of the faith, believe that I was created by God. <clears throat> And so when I think about going and let's just say I'm going to, I'm struggling with my baby and my teenager, either one, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So as a new dad to a baby or a new dad to my first teenager, this is new to me, right? And and I haven't done it. I've lived it through being a baby and a teenager and know how my parents responded to me to whatever I remember. Uh, and so I can apply that. But when I pause, okay, I pause or Mark pauses and you go out and you you use the words pray, meditate, seek God, seek the Holy Spirit. Here's my question: Are you created with already ingrained in you of of how to show up as a dad? Like, is it already in you? And or and I'm not saying I don't need God to support me, but where's talk to me about your opinion on those two things? And I'm totally yeah. putting you on the spot here. No,
1: it's good. This deep. So I believe that we come to this earth and I, I believe we come with a spirit that has already experienced some degree of, uh, you know, choices prior to okay. coming here. And okay. so I think we have some traits and those could be what some might consider, you know, DNA or, um, you know, m- stuff that's passed down from your parents or, it could be that that is who your spirit is, right? And mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. who you are, and who you come in. And so, uh, it's my belief that I had a spirit before becoming a, a man here, and that I have some, I have some traits that kind of came with that, and, okay. uh, and and that leads to my personality and my tendencies and who I am and and what I do.
0: Yeah. Okay. So on a, on a, to take a step back from it, regardless of what somebody wants to put a label on the, yeah. the ways about it, what I'm hearing though, because it's, this is like the big thing for me for rebelling creatives, is like, it's so obvious that a woman innately has what it takes, right? Yeah. Like yeah. she gets pregnant nine months later, a baby comes, she delivers it, which is like, that's gnarly, right? Your body was designed. That's gnarly. And then you get to feed it, right? So it's very much an obvious rite of passage. I don't know that she needs to seek a higher power for that to happen. It just happens. Now, I believe that, that we're all created. So it was a design, okay? But then I go for the dad who I think stumbles into fatherhood a bit, and, and and is like looking everywhere for the answers to some level, whether it's, you know, pre being here or yeah. seeking something else that, yes, I do need mentors. And yes, I do believe God can speak into my life. But I also want dudes to know, like innately, you have what it takes.
1: I, I agree with that. So one one example that is I have a vivid memory of uh, driving my daughter. So. I, I'd already, Zach, uh, Zach was 22 months older than Callie. Callie's our number two. She just turned 16, got her license, thank heavens. <laughs>
0: nice.
1: Um, so uh, I was driving her. She, a, a song came on the radio that I totally listened to in high school, and I straight up turned it off. She mm. was She was a month old in the car, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. turned, I turned the song off. I'm like, you can't listen to this. And it's a song that had played when my son was in the car at that age, hmm. and I left it on. But all of a sudden, this switch came. It's like I can't. I I need to watch out for my daughter almost more than my son. It was just like yes. this weird fatherly instinct that came out of me, and I was like, "Oh, that's there, and that's that's hardwired, and hmm. uh, you know, it's the protector that comes out. Maybe a little yes. more for your daughter than your sons. For those of
0: us that have both." Dude, I, I, I mean, it sounds silly to say, but like, I have chills you saying that because it's the most simple statement and and we could just write it off like meh, but it isn't, it is like an innate, you have this baby girl that you have been given care of, right? Like you're responsible for this girl. And yeah. as this father, there's this different tenderness that you have for her, to protect her heart. And I love it, dude. I think it's a hundred percent the reality of who you are supposed to be as a dad and not to shine that away. Cause I think sometimes we talk ourselves out of that moment. Like, Oh, I'm being silly. It doesn't matter. No, trust yourself. If yeah. you're feeling it, tune into that. So I, oh, that's a great story uh, because of the simplicity of it. I, I love it. Um, Okay. Love the answers. Okay. What have we learned about you being a dad now? what you know, you did talk about resources any other resources you could think of you know i know books seems tight with tight with church tight with your wife uh good family any other resources that you thought were helpful at any stage of of being a dad
1: yeah um so so my parents my wife's parents i i think they're good great resources kind mm-hmm. of bounce ideas off obviously times have changed but um you know they they've learned a lot. So it's, it's good to kind of just get ideas, not necessarily what you're going to do with your kids, but it's good to bounce ideas. And, um, and I'd say other dads, obviously the fatherhood podcast is a great way to hear other dads and, and get the poignant questions. But, um, I I'd say those are resources, um, that, that I've used, um, in addition to, you know, kind of the meditation prayer thing.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important for people to hear, you know, cause unfortunately not everybody has that killer family to go back to, Yeah, but there are people out there. Um, and, and, you know, um, I know, you know, church is a great example and, and people have good and bad stories of church, just like everything else. Yeah, But there is a community of people that, that do exist that can create a great support system. So it's like, if you don't have that great mom and dad, and you're trying to break some traditions, trying to break some, some, you know, you know, uh, generational, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Uh, there's people out there. You just got to go find them and build your own community. And dads, don't be alone. So I think what I'm hearing from you, Mark, is like, there is a great network. So just tap into it. When you think about the role of the father, how would you define that, the role of the father?
1: So I I think first, my role as a father is to love and model a good relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. By, by example, so I believe that is the foundation of what I do as a father is to love my children's mother um, and teach them how to have a healthy, good relationship. I think if I can do that one thing um, and they can see that, then that's to me, like I've done my job as a father by showing my kids that my wife is, you know, I, I would say God is number one for me. My wife is number two. Um, and you know, so all things else considered, she's number one. Um, when, when looking at relationship wise, I think it's a misstep sometimes when dads or moms put their relationship with their kids above their spouse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so for me as a dad, I, I want my kids to know mom, she, she comes first in our household. Um, you know, after my relationship with God and, um, and, and they need to see that in everything I do, how I treat her, how they treat her, um, and, and everything that's going. And if my wife knows that, if she knows she's number one mm-hmm. um, with the family and stuff, she can be a lot more supportive and, and loving of me. Um, And obviously, I think uh, moms should treat dads as number one and not have a relationship with, with their parents or with their kids above and beyond that and and that foundation to me is one you can build off of.
0: Hmm, so much good stuff in there. So when asked the question of what's the role of the father, the primary answer is that I love their mother well. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. That's the primary answer and if we think about how this plays out, all that that creates, I mean, uh stability, right? Stability in the home, stability in in your kids trusting that that this is a foundational place of peace harmony. Joy doesn't mean it's not messy because marriage and family is messy, but, uh, it doesn't mean th- that, mean, joy comes out of messiness. Um, okay. I want to lean into this, um, on a practical level, what does it look like to put your wife first?
1: I mean, when I get home, my, my kids, especially the young ones, they come running at me, you know, and, hey Dad, love you like that's the best part (laughs) of the day right but when i get home i go straight to my wife and say hey how was your day i give her a kiss like they Mm -hmm. all see that like intentionally i do that it's it tells her she's more important than any of the kids it tells her like you know that's that's my uh, you know just little things uh that i do i kiss her when i leave say goodbye um but ultimately, uh, I think it's those little things of how do we take care of the emotional, um, and, uh, and I'd say relationship side of what we're doing, open the door for her The you know, the gallantry things that, that, you know, I think are kind of forgotten in society or, or not taught, not modeled, um, as, as much as they should be, um,
0: yeah, I agree. I mean, we live in a weird spot, you know. Like uh, you hear stories of guys opening doors for somebody, not necessarily like their wife or girlfriend, but opening a door and then saying, "Why are you open the door for me?" You know, we live in like yeah. a weird time. But if you were to see me, I would say seventy-five percent of the time I'm opening the car door for my wife and or my daughters. Yeah. Um. And and that like chivalry's not dead. Yes, they want that. That's just a way. It's not me thinking you don't. you, you, you're a damsel in distress. This is me showing that I'm, I'm serving you. Yeah. A way to serve you. Okay. So you said two, two things, um, being there for her emotionally and then relation relationally. So I'm just going to keep hammering you on this because, because, uh, it's easy to say, Hey, let's talk about fatherhood. Yeah. Let's go to a men's retreat and talk fatherhood. Let's like, but anytime you get into a room of men where we're going to actually open up about anything, whether it be work or fatherhood, or business, whatever, many times we end up falling into talking about marriage. Marriage is one of the things that is key to our hearts as men, that once we get vulnerable, we want to be a great husband, we want to have a great relationship, but it's a struggle because a lot of times it hasn't been modeled to us, which is what you're saying is the key to a successful, joyful life. So how are you there for your wife emotionally? So um,
1: I think number one... Um, you know, she needs to know she could trust me, um, Mm -hmm. with, with whatever. And so being, being there to talk about what she's struggling with, whether it's with the kids or her friends or whatever, I, I need to be there for her. Uh, and she needs to know she can share intimate information, uh, with Mm -hmm. what's going on with, with her day, with, with her life. Um that's important.
0: How do you do with not having solutions for her? Like, I know this is the joke, the dudes always have the answers, but how have you create, I mean, cause clearly if you have, you've been married 20 years, you've cultivated yeah. a, I would say a, a habit probably of not having all the answers and not being like rolling your eyes. Like, Oh, we're talking about you and your friend Susie again. Yeah. Um, because, because uh, dude, it's so critical just to be there. So any little thoughts, tricks, habits that you've created to, and I don't even call them tricks because it makes it sound like it's a game. It's not a game um, for you to show up well for your wife in those moments.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, so I think recognizing is this uh, uh, you're venting and I'm listening conversation or is this a conversation where you do want me to help solve uh, or or answer You know, with, with yeah. some ideas? Mm-hmm. Have you thought of this, that or the other? Because you are right um and and i think that comes down to the it, you know the nature thing you touched on earlier in the conversation you know men that's what we are we're hunters gatherers fixers mm-hmm. like that's 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 how we're wired we're we're going to protect we're going to provide that's um that's just dna women you know they're going to care for and nurture um that's that's in their nature and who they are and i think one of their nature things uh, sometimes they have to just speak their mind, mm-hmm. and men, men, we're fine not saying anything. Like we could go hang out, you and me, and not talk, and be like, "That was great conversation, awesome." Yeah, you know, knuckles. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think usually men are doing something together. So I feel like we all need to express something that's in us. And sometimes for us, it's either like a hard workout or getting something done or yeah. accomplishing something. Like that's how we express that. And I think women more are going to talk it out. And yeah. if you are truly the the number one confidant, you've made that, you, you've become that person for your spouse. And then, then you're going to have to understand like, I'm going to be there for them because I'm the one person they trust the most. So dude, I, I love it. And, and I just dig into it because I think if men really want to show up as, as the fathers who are building a legacy, and I know people have stories and I know that there's divorce and I know there's lots of reasons. And so I'm not saying that, that, you know, life is life, life is messy, but if at all costs, to to lean into that. And regardless, you know, it's like still treat that mom that's your the, the mother of your children with respect and dignity and I think that that's important for the kids to see.
1: My wife and I we get up at uh 4:30 every morning and we go to the gym for an hour. Um mm. and there's a, a group of folks, friends we have at the gym and sometimes we'll go run a couple miles before or after the gym and She'll have her girlfriends there, and they'll just start chatting it up, and and I'm there along the way. And sometimes I get more out of those conversations on how to listen for my wife, because like mm. my my wife's friends, they'll go, uh huh, yeah, oh, uh huh, and I don't <laughs> I don't do that. I don't give feedback like when she's talking to me. I'm just processing like, oh, what would I do? A, don't say anything yeah. here because you're going to screw this <laughs> up. Let her keep talking. Yeah. But if if you can, like, I think as a dad watch how your wife's girlfriends interact Ooh. with her yeah. they do this little head nod thing and they give verbal feedback like yeah uh huh yeah oh totally uh huh i can't do that in a normal conversation with a with a dude but if i do that with my wife she'll just keep talking and she's like you know you're encouraging her like keep going yeah oh t- totally yeah even though you might not be thinking that you just you have to encourage that conversation that way with them i think that's how they communicate well
0: yeah and you're creating the relationship right you're showing up in the yeah. way that they need you to show up which then in turn if you're doing it with pure authenticity then they're going to show up for you in the way that you need them to show up um and and it it comes back to like our world doesn't want me to open the door maybe, but somebody's got to serve first. Somebody, yeah. if we're going to dance together, somebody's got to take that first step. And that's what I think the the head of the household, the patriarchal man, I think that's really the purpose of it. Not to be the shot caller, you know, everything is just, it's all about me. It's, no, that I take yeah. the first step in serving and being there for my wife, being there for my kids, showing up for them. And if I do that authentically, then they will show up for me as well. Huh.
1: 100%. Yeah. No, I I agree. It's uh, you know, I see dishes in the sink and I p- move them to the dishwasher, you know. Mm-hmm. Little mm-hmm. little things like that. Whereas if I'm uh if I'm if my wife's not first, I'm like, "Oh, she can do that. She can get to that, right? That's her job." Right? I but where I step up and just be there w- with her mm-hmm. alongside her, right? Then it's together we parent. Together we take care of the house together, you know, and, and a lot of wives, uh, in today's relationships, they, they, um, are working as well as the, Mm -hmm. the man. Um, fortunately for me, my wife, she's able to be full-time mom and not be full-time mom and also helping with providing, but, You know, I think in every relationship, that's kind of what you have to do. Get on the same page, have those conversations together, make time to have those conversations. Like, how are we going to parent these kids in these certain situations, and these scenarios? And it's hard to get on the same page there.
0: When do you find the time to have those conversations? I mean, is that when you're at the gym? Is that when you're falling asleep in bed? Is that on a date night? When are you having, or is it a scheduled business meeting, family meeting? What does that look like for your family?
1: We do a weekly date night. Sometimes we'll do two dates a week, which uh, that's bonus, but Mm -hmm. we, we, that, that is programmed in, we, we go out on a weekly date and um, yeah, sometimes it's driving to the gym or uh, late night, kids are in bed and we're just, you know, chatting it up. Um, Sometimes it's text throughout the day. Mm. Hey, here's what's going on. You know, I might peel off from some meetings or whatever and. And shoot her a phone call like, Hey, what's happening? How's this going? What's, what's the scenario with this or that, especially if it's, uh, if it's urgent and we want to get on the same page and consult, or if one of us is going out of town and I, you know, I need to step in and be, be there where she normally is just little notes like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah so good it's so good to have that ongoing conversation relationship with your best friend like i don't think we say that enough even to say like oh my wife's my best friend you can you can he, we don't lean into that but that's how it should be and really when you're late night chatting laughing having fun that's what i want in my marriage yeah. um, but it takes a lot of work to cultivate that but yeah. the reward is fantastic.
1: It's not always that either. sometimes it's it's uh, you know we're crying and you know I feel hurt or she feels hurt or whatnot mm-hmm. like we and and that those are valid right that's I think that happens in every marriage but you yeah. gotta you gotta listen to those feelings which are real and say yeah I I, I understand why you feel that way I'm sorry I, I think those are two very important words in the English language like I I maybe three I am sorry. Mm. Um, that comes up, uh, I don't know, maybe too frequently in my marriage. I, I say that a lot, you know, <laughs> but you know, it ne- it needs to be said.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I think that's important to point out because as we were talking about, oh, how great it is to also go, Hey, but it is also still. We're still humans. We're still figuring this whole thing out, but we're doing it together. We're doing it openly. So, dude, thank you for sharing all that. You know, this podcast is called Fatherhood Field Notes, and it's what you're doing now. You're opening your field notes for us, the things that are most important to you, the things that matter, what's real and authentic. And the mantra behind it is rebel and create. And this can be applied to something small, like we rebel against having our phones on Sunday because we want to create family yeah. space to I'm rebelling against, you know, their traditional view of manhood so I can create X, Y, or Z. So when you hear those words rebel and create, what are you rebelling against and what do you hope to create? So, um,
1: this is, uh, this is interesting because as we've been thinking, uh, uh, you know, since you opened up the invitation to me, you know, at, at our trip, um, you were asking something, you know, about what I'm doing with the kids and whatnot. And one of those is, uh, is business trips, right? So Mm -hmm. my company were in Florida, Texas, um, Colorado, Utah, Idaho, Nevada, California. And, uh, prior to this company, I was, uh, uh, you know, regional manager. And I, I had to travel for work and early on in our relationship, um, I wanted to bring my family along to as many mm. of these kind of activities as I could. So I remember I had a national sales meeting in Florida. Um, Zach was maybe three or four. Callie was one or two and, um, and Houston, my wife's from Houston And, you know, I brought them to Houston, uh, which was an area that I was in. And then we flew together as a family to Florida. They stayed in the hotel and chilled while I went to meetings or whatever. And then afterwards, you know, we went to, uh, you know, Disney World together and then and then flew home. So um, that was kind of the start of when I, I can remember of, hey, bring my family along on these business trips whenever possible. And it's evolved over the years to, you know, you know, if if I knew I had to go to SoCal for um, some meetings, I would I would try to schedule something where the wife and the kids would come down and then we'd push in and make a long weekend out of a business trip where I had to be gone. But doesn't mean that, you know, they don't get to come along as well um, and maybe see the world a little bit um, experience, Mm. you know, dad on a business trip. What's Dad like when he's out of town? You know, traveling, and uh, and and so I think that's evolved to the point now. Um, you know, I've I, my wife's come with me on some trips that we've done. Um, I've taken just individual kids on some trips, um, but I think you know, as business guys, to see a guy traveling with his kids on a business trip, that's probably not acceptable in the business place. Like, what's your kid doing here? Um, mm-hmm. But I. But I'm trying to maybe rebel in that place like, hey, it's all right. It's all right for your family, your kids, your wife to come along on these, um, uh, you know, maybe difficult uh, situations where you have to be away from your, your family and kids. But do you really? Can you make an effort? Um, and, you know, I fly Southwest a lot because they have companion pass. Mm-hmm. So financially, I can bring a kid along. I could change it three times a year and they can come with me and, you know, I, I, I probably don't do it on every trip, but when I can, uh, I try to make that effort and create memories with them where they get to come to work with dad and, and see a little bit of the country or the world, perhaps, um, and make that effort. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is super rebellious, right? You think, okay, I'm dad, I'm working, this is my opportunity to get away from the family. Mm -hmm. And instead of getting away from and getting you getting away from the routine, because right, we all have the routine. It's like, yeah, the week, you know, you have sports, you have school, you have breakfast, lunch and dinner. And that is a routine for them as well. And I'm sure when you go uh, take the kids to SoCal or to Florida or to Houston, or, you know, we'll talk about some other places you've gone is they're getting out of that. So it's not really like when you take them, it's not like a Saturday at home, like a normal Saturday, this is family time. So you're rebelling against it just being a maybe selfish reason to go and skip out, which is, I'm all for, you know, if you need some time, definitely have alone time and you time, but you've looked at it as an opportunity, not for dad to be gone, you know, five to 10 weekends a year, whatever it is, but to make memories with those, like, okay, I'm going to take one kid with me. I'm gonna take my spouse with me. I'm going to make use of that time. So I
1: didn't want to be the dad that my kids grow up sometime and say, oh yeah, my dad was gone all the time. He had to Mm -hmm. travel for work. And I don't know who he is. And he doesn't know who I am because he's gone all the time providing for them financially. A lot of dads have to do that. But I also wanted to be there and have memories with my kids and my family other than just dad's gone at work all week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What a great opportunity. Right. Uh, especially in our world where a lot, of ki- a lot of kids are homeschooled now or doing different kinds of schooling where there's probably a lot more flexibility than people realize to have that time with your kids to make it a long week and go see a baseball game, go see a football game, go do, you know, see something in the city, in the town, wherever. So I love what you're rebelling against and I love all the memories, the relationship that you're creating out of it. I'd love to hear a couple of stories, a couple of places you've taken kids because I think sometimes. We don't realize, especially in our world today, like you can still travel to X, Y, and Z. You can still go take a kid for a week somewhere. So talk to me about about a few traveling um, places you've been and the experiences you've had with your kids.
1: So um, this is going to go bi-directional here. I I actually took my dad to New Zealand last year. So we had a sales trip and uh, I was I was, you know, wanting to bring my wife always first, so I always invite her first on any trip we're doing. And, um, you know, I'm I'm over a team that, you know, that's just part of uh, the culture. If they hit a, you know, a target, a reward, we we plan, um, you know, incentive trips for our guys. And so we we do this quite a bit, and we want to spend time with uh with these key employees and let them know, like. Hey, we're there. There's there's good relationship building, um, but I always will invite uh, my wife along first. And so if she declines, then I'll reach out to you know some of the kids um, and see who can come. And uh, at this particular trip, nobody else could come. So I I called my dad and I'm like, hey, look, uh, we're going to New Zealand, and uh, I'd love for you to come. And he up to this point, I mean, we have been to Canada together as a family, but he had never really been out of the country um, and gone and seen or done done anything. So we went to New Zealand for 10 days, flew down together and had the most amazing time with some of my employees. And, uh, and these people fell in love with my dad, which was kind of cool. And they ask about him when I see him, Hey, how's your dad doing? You know, whatnot. Mm. But it was, it was a great experience to learn from him. And on that trip, I learned some stuff uh, that I didn't know about my dad, you know, and, this was me at forty, ooh, what was I, forty-two? This is last year, 42 years old. And he's sixty, he was sixty-seven at the time. And he just shared some stuff that I couldn't share this with you when you were younger, son, but hey, here's this, that, or the other. And you're like, wow, this wow. is really cool.
0: Hmm. I think it's so interesting when you hear men, you know, around our age or really any age, talk about their dad. And you know, at 40 years old, it to still matter to you. And you still like there's something there where this is still a connection that matters and there's still opportunity to learn and grow. Um, have you always had a decent relationship with your dad?
1: Yeah. So my dad, he was an entrepreneur also, and and maybe this started for me, he modeled it a little bit, but he would bring us on days off of school, mm. he'd bring, bring us to work and give us a job and pay us for it. So I I think I valued that as a kid and uh, wanted to obviously continue that with, with my kids. Um, that's
0: awesome. That's awesome that you're you're taking a tradition that he established in some sense and, and then growing on it. What did it do for you and your dad's relationship for him to go on that trip with you?
1: Oh, it's it uh it's galvanizing, right? Like, I mean, to have a uh, an opportunity to go someplace different that's you know you see other cultures, the way other lives happen, but um, it creates those memories and and honestly for me. I, I, I try to think of things I could spend money and time on and some of the most amazing memories I have of, of my childhood. Every year we would go to Yosemite for Memorial Day weekend. Mm. It, it, like we somehow were able to do it. We had a, a camper trailer and you know, we'd load up for the week and we'd go ride bikes and hike and do a bunch of stuff. But I mean, that's a relatively inexpensive vacation 35 bucks a night for right. you know a campsite we'd set up camp and have food and and do that but some of my best memories were of these trips with my family and uh and I just want to keep that tradition with my family um going
0: I love it now you recently took your daughter out of country as well yeah. correct Yeah um, so that and, was... and let's just say you you've gone to some great lengths to make sure that everybody can go. If I remember correctly, <laughs> you kind of flew around the world a bit just to make sure your kid could go. So you're 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 going above and beyond to make these things happen.
1: Sure. Um so the the most recent trip we we had incentive trip we were going to uh, Costa Rica and Colombia. And I opened it up for my son um after my wife declined. And it's his senior year. So we're like, hey, we'll make this your senior trip. And uh, coming up to the trip, um, he's been battling this uh, immunoglobulin A vasculitis. It's kind of weird disease he's picked up somehow this year, uh, HSP. And it had flared up. And the doctor's like, it's not a good idea that he goes. I'm going to wait and see him. Mm-hmm. So I audibled. And uh brought Callie for the Costa Rica trip. So she came down, we went right, river rafting, um, in, uh, in Costa Rica together in a, you know, sp- speaking Spanish and, you know, different country, different language fly down. Um, and while we were there, we were supposed to go from Costa Rica to Colombia for the second part of the trip where we were going to ride some motorcycles and things around, uh, uh, different places in Colombia. And we got the message that Zach got the clear from the doctor. So flew Cali home, dropped Cali off. Next morning, Zach from and Costa I Rica. flew to Colombia. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it was a, a lot of flying um, just to pull it off. But they both got to spend some time with me on a trip where, you know, we got to see the world a little bit and we got to spend some one on one time together. And build a relationship outside of the rest of the family. And I think doing one-on-one trips, um, you can get a little deeper relationship with the kids rather than a whole family trip. So I'd recommend that to dads out there. Like, yeah, do the family trips. You need to have those. But when possible, do some one-on-one trips with your kids, even if it's just an overnight or maybe even a you know one-day thing where it's just you and one kid. Um, yeah they can open up a lot more and share things with you.
0: Yeah, and I think it's critical like you shared and 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 you shared we would go to Yosemite. And it's 35 bucks a night and then hot dogs, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um and then I'm taking my kid to, you know, Costa Rica and Colombia, which just happens to be the line of work you're in these trips have become a part of your life. But I think it's important for dads to go your kids don't care which one it is. No, no, they don't. Not at all. And so whatever it is, if it's driving, you know, say wherever you live, you drive over to the ocean or you drive up to the mountains. I mean, there is endless amounts of things to do with your kids outside. And all they're going to remember is my dad spent that day walking to that waterfall with me or that this, that or the other. It, it makes no difference. And here's one mistake that I've made in this is sometimes I'm so about the destination, about like getting to the campsite or getting to the waterfall or whatever, that sometimes I rush the packing the lunch and getting in the car and stopping at the store for a candy bar. And, you know, like I I rush those things to just Mm -hmm. get to the trailhead or, you know, thinking about you flying from one country back to, you know, back to California to pick up a kid to another one. Like, I'm sure that that time could have been rushed and or could have been time spent laughing, watching a movie on the airplane together, or like, you know, sharing airplane food or whatever. My point is to not miss the in-between parts of these trips. Do you have any thoughts about that?
1: No, hundred percent. Um, I think a lot of time this is, this is some of the most learning, uh, and teachable moments you have, mm-hmm. right. Is how do you deal with the stresses of, Hunger fatigue, et cetera, like your true character kind of comes out um How do you treat other people right? Your kids are watching that stuff uh, are are you are you cussing at the person who cut you off on the way to the uh-huh. airport you know and um and I think these are you know these are the moments as as fathers um that we want to be you know learning about ourselves, and we're gonna make mistakes. And I think sometimes when you do make the mistakes, I think it's good to point out to the kid, hey, I screwed up there. I shouldn't have been upset that person cut me off. I, my, that protective side of me came out worried that they were going to kill me and you. And, you know, I'm sorry for that. I, I I prefer not to, you know, that's probably a good person. They probably didn't know that they cut me <laughs> off. It's it's uh. <laughs> You know, I laugh
0: because I can think of like one story in particular of me hanging my myself out the window, yelling at somebody in a car and <laughs> then immediately putting my head in, feeling remorse with my with my teenager in the car going like, oh, gosh. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not good.
1: <laughs> but but it is those moments in between, right, where, you know, we can just enjoy the moment with where whatever we're doing. Um, we we go to the. We go to the coast every year for Memorial Day. Now it's uh, hmm. Santa Cruz and uh, not Yosemite. But again, spending time together as a family—that's a lot less expensive way to do it. But I think finding that time to go do those things is uh, is important. And I think you're right. It the little nuggets of packing together, making that fun, giving some assignments to the kids, and having them participate and set up and and take down, and not losing you know, uh, our head over the stress of that situation involving them.
0: So let me ask this then, because uh, about being present. Okay. So I want you to think about how am I present in this? And then is stress there? And if it's there, how do you deal with it so that you're present? Because you're managing, you know, a marriage, uh, five kids, a business, lots of employees. Uh, There's a lot, that you're juggling, so how do you in the stress uh be present or is there no stress
1: no, it is stressful um and uh i I don't know pray for patience i i think um i think in you know the grand scheme of things uh one thing that helps me in those stressful situations is think of perspective and um and I, I'll say this oftentimes when I see, um, I don't know, m- moms apologizing for their kids running around in the airport acting mm. their age. And I'll, you know, the, the mom's like apologizing for the kid. And I'm like, I know, would you tell your kid to quit acting their age? Mm. And I think sometimes like just recognizing the situation we're in, like it, it is going to be stressful. It, we are going to have hunger, fatigue, S- pull over, get some food take a break. Um, you know, the kids will need that kind of get out and, uh, and recognize uh, I, I think just the same thing. When, when Zach was a little baby, when did he cry? I he cried when he was tired, mm-hmm. hungry, needed to go to the bathroom. it's like those kind of things. If you keep solving for those as a father with your family throughout time, you can get them to cry less. Right. So take time, stop, eat, rest, go to the bathroom those kind of things if you handled that part of just the you know i, I don't know s- semantics or uh or what's the word when you're you know just the the routine of the day if you can solve for that it makes for a happy experience for most everyone they they cry less <sighs>
0: Man, what a great analogy, because I think a lot of times it's the mom trying to do that. But mom already has a lot carrying with the kids. Yeah. And so sometimes dad may seem like a, you know, another child when it comes to those things, like she doesn't have to be in tune like, ah, oh, he hasn't eaten in a while or he's got to go to the bathroom or whatever, like always monitoring for dudes. Well, now, in some sense, it's nice when your wife's taking care of you, but you saying that you as the dad be in tune with that because you're right. A lot of times this is some basic stuff like, Hey, we've been driving for four hours. Let's take a break. And then let's play tag out in the yeah. grass versus like everybody get out of the car, five minutes at the bathroom, be back yeah. to the car. It's like, Whoa, where, where are we going? What are we doing? Um, you don't got to be so rigid. So I like that. And we'll play, we'll do tag and freeze tag and this game Ninja that me and my kids really like. So I think that being in tune with that food, bathroom and you said tired, I believe. Yeah. Right? Rest. Like, yeah. Beating. Rest. rest. Okay. We need a break. And I think that's okay to be like, hey, you know what? I think we need a break right now. Let's watch a show or let's take a break or let's do whatever. Um, you're basically saying that you're going to manage the stress of everything. You're going to have less crying, which is, is like your analogy with a baby, but with, with yourself, right? Yeah. Less frustration. If we can manage some of those basic needs, it's not always these like big gigantic things that we're trying to solve for.
1: Yeah, you blow up a lot less, right? If you meet the 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 human needs uh mm-hmm. on that level and and then you have less uh, I'm sorry.
0: Got it. So, when leaning into the question of being present and having less stress, um you're you're almost pointing to just some being aware as a dad of not only your personal needs but then also the needs of the family on the real basic level. 100% Hmm. I dig that because that's not that hard to do. It just takes a little bit of mindfulness to, to step back when the, the crap's hitting the fan and going, Hmm, I think my kid's tired right now, or I think I'm tired and being a jerk. Uh, and that's relatively easy to assess if you just pause and pay attention. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on being present? Um, you know, we talked about being one-on-one with the kids, spending quality time with the spouse. Um, it's one thing to say we had date night. It's one thing to say, I, I took my kid out for the day uh, or I'm going to take him out Friday, but to, to be a hundred percent in that moment, any thoughts around that? Yeah. So it's not just checking it off a list.
1: No, I would say one of the keys there too, um, kids are not going to be thinking, oh, this is an opportunity for me to connect with my mom or dad. Like when you go do this. So not only make sure you're doing it as a father, but yeah, make sure your wife has some one-on-ones with your kids mm-hmm. um, and asking questions along the way. So, uh, you know, I had this trip with my daughter and her birthday's coming up and um, and I talked with my wife. I said, why don't you take Callie down to Disneyland? Do a one-on-one trip just mm-hmm. to two of you. And uh, so we planned for, I, you know, I was able to work from home and schedule my meetings around when the kids were in school and pull off sending her to go have a one-on-one and make sure that they're connecting. Um, And, and in that discussion, making sure you're asking questions. What? Wh- how, how are things going? How are your friends? Maybe sharing, you know, some details about friendships you're having, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and so having more of a deep normal conversation with your kids other than, you know, just the normal basic stuff, like don't forget your lunch and, you know, be good.
0: Dude, what a great answer to the question. So the question was how to be present. And instead of, okay, well, I I, uh, meditate five minutes before, be present, you know, and throughout the whole car ride, I'm like, be present, be present. You're engaging in a conversation. And to engage in a conversation, you ask questions. So asking questions of your kids is creating an opportunity for you to be present with them because you're engaging in an actual conversation.
1: Yeah, you might have to tell your kid too. Now you ask me a question. Like mm. I'm teaching you how to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. with someone else. Like ask, be uh, interested and and genuine. you know about what's going on. But yeah.
0: I think that's I think that's really key. Is be interested, be curious. So if you're going to ask your kid a question, don't just ask them some stupid question because you are just trying to create a conversation actually be curious about them. And I think if you're curious about them, you show curiosity, interest, then you're actually engaged and then they will do the same with you. And before you know it, I think the conversation will be flying by. And then you're not even thinking about in my present, you're creating a moment. Um, so I love that word, be, be interested.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, Mark, this has been so good. I'm going to ask you my last question and it's a legacy question. And so say 30 years from now, you're standing in a cul-de-sac, all your kids happen to live on the same street. <laughs> you're peering into their homes, not creepily, but looking in their homes. What is it that you see? You see them maybe married, maybe with kids, but you know the day in day out decisions that you made as a man with them living in your home, you are now seeing played out in their homes. What does that look like? Yeah. Um,
1: For me, it's... Them treating their spouse with love and respect, um, mm-hmm. holding that together, and I, I'd love to see pictures around their house of different places they've been, memories mm-hmm. they've created together with uh, with me and with their children. Um, that that that's icing on the cake.
0: Mm, I love it. I love it. Mark, thank you for the man, the husband, the father, the leader that you are um, out inspiring the world through through your daily actions, the way that you show up each day. And um, just keep doing what you're doing. And thank you for spending some time sharing your field notes with us. Much appreciated. And I look forward to future conversations with you.
1: Love what you're doing. Can't uh, say enough about this. I'm sharing it with all my
0: friends. Love it. Thanks, Mark. See you until next time. Another great episode talking fatherhood with truly a super dad, Mark Stacy, crushing it at the fatherhood game. And as I re-listened to the episode, something that really stuck out to me at the end was when I asked the question about legacy, he said he wanted to see pictures on the wall, but not only of the adventures that his kids were doing with their kids, but also adventures that he has done with them. And it really got me thinking, you know, fatherhood does doesn't end when your kids leave the home. There's still opportunity to go out and create memories and adventures together. And that's really what I think Mark was alluding to is even after they're gone out of the house, he's still going to be pursuing them. He's still going to be their father and he's still going to be out exploring the world with them. And I just thought, what an incredible thing. So many nuggets that I pulled out for myself, and truly one of the ones that has been ringing in my mind since we recorded was just the basic needs, right? Hey, are they hungry? Are they tired? Do they need to go to the bathroom? And asking myself the same thing, and I love how he said that just stops a lot of the blow-ups. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates fatherhood field notes podcast what you do matters don't be like everybody else be yourself that is who your kids spousing community needs this is your guide net shout together let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood